When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. It's the Title IX podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley with Elisa Woods, who is doing solo mom duty for what the third day in a row now Lisa yeah he left on Saturday but he'll be back tomorrow he is counting down the minutes ladies and gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) doing great she looks great she's drinking hot chocolate we're feeling good we are recording uh it's Monday night we're recording via zoom so if we don't sound as uh clear and chipper as we normally do that's why but um we're happy to see each other and happy to be with all of you it's episode 59 and shout out to the ivy college of business at iowa state for being our sponsor for this journey so far and i was looking on their twitter page over the weekend to prepare for today and i saw that iowa state is doing um like a celebration of first generation college students yeah i thought that was really cool i don't i just it's you know college is such a like it, I feel like it gets pushed so much, so much more frequently now. And I forget like, Nope, there's still kids that are first gen. I was a first generation college kid. Oh, my were family. You? I mean, my parents went and then they were dropouts. Sorry, mom and dad. Oh. <laughs> hey, they but did just, well. Cool. They did well for themselves. Yeah. yeah, they did. They did. We had everything <laughs> we ever wanted needed, but, um, yeah, I thought that was a cool event for them. So yeah. shout out to Ivy from your hootie who. What do you do? Yeah. Arnold works a lot. My husband works a lot with first generation students at Iowa state. So yeah, I bet he does. You're familiar. Does he, um, is he at a work event? Is, is that where he is? Yep. He is. He had a, he's at a work conference. He's a fancy adult now. He's not a student. This is the first like work conference that he's been to in like a year and a half. Well, good for him. Sorry for us. Right. <laughs> Shout out um, to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. I saw, do you remember last year when they had those um, cocktail capsule things? Yeah. That they those again. And you guys, you should follow them on Twitter and Facebook if you're not already, because they just showed pictures. They're new and improved cocktail castles. Ooh. I really want to go there, Elisa. Can we do a girl's trip over there? Yeah. Okay. Let's, right, do, let's it. do it. After right now, over. pack your stuff. Okay, we're going to end the recording and go. <laughs> All right, I think tonight will be a fun episode. It helps that we had a fun football game to celebrate on Saturday. Yep. It was, of course, a 30-7 to romp over the Texas Longhorns. And it was a great game for our guys in the field. Um, Brees was a beast. The defense was unreal. I thought it was an awesome bounce back from the West Virginia game. Um, and I know you had some notes about the game, but do you care if I go on a little rant about the fans first rant away? This is a good rant. This is okay. more of a shout out than it is a rant. Okay. Um, 
So the loss to West Virginia was a huge letdown. I think we can all agree on that. And that came after a couple of letdowns to in the losses against Iowa and Baylor. And we've talked about this a lot, but the expectations we had for the season were just so astronomical and enormous that I think it would have been okay for our fan base to kind of lose some of its vigor after those three losses. And there was talk of that last week. I mean, um, on the radio among friends and, um, you know, I think there were, there was some talk about how the lost our lost West Virginia and Texas's loss to Baylor could take some of the wind out of the sails for that matchup on Saturday. But I, that was not the case at all. Not in the slightest. It was a sold out Jack Trice under the lights. And it was as electric as I can remember Jack Trice being, and I was thinking about it today. And I think there's probably two reasons for that. And they're both, I think valid and excellent reasons. What the first of which is obviously it just being Texas. Um, I mean, you know how much I hate Texas. I hate Texas a lot. I just, it's one of those fan or sorry, one of those teams that I think we as a collective fan base have felt slighted by over and over and over again. And I saw, um, I think it was Rory Walling's mom and dad were tweeting, tweeting about how Saturday was just this embodiment of the blue collar mentality, finally taking over, um, you know, the, the entitlement culture that Texas has. And that was just so, it felt so, vin- I don't know. It felt like we were finally vindicated yeah. and that, um, it showed that the grass is not always greener on the other side. And, you know, maybe the, maybe you aren't exactly what you thought you were. And I don't know, it was just kind of the collective middle finger to that entitlement that, that is Texas and that Texas embodies. Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay. I was going to ask you if you had kind of the same sentiment. No, I agree. Horns down from the kids, the booze and the cheer. It was just like, this is finally our way of saying, see you later. Sayonara. We're not going to miss you. I think that also like, I, I personally like had so much pressure on this team in my mind to be perfect and to not lose it. And, and after losing a couple games, it was just like, let's just have some fun yes, I and like totally enjoy. Can you hear me? Yep. I can hear okay. you. Keep going. Sorry. I'm moving around here. Um, he's excited. She I know I am excited, but I, it was just like, it felt like the pressure was off a little bit and people weren't like expectations were a little bit lower and it was just a little bit more flexible. Like we were able to really enjoy our successful kicker and like, there were just a couple little things that I was just like, okay, this team, there are some things that we really need to celebrate a couple things that I noticed, like our kicker, amazing. Um, their punter was phenomenal and dropped it like forever. Right. And like they dropped it within the five yard line a couple times, I think. And then we got it out. Yeah. And that's what I thought was really cool. Like there were a couple times where I was like, Oh gosh. And then it was like, this is easy money. Like just got it right out. And so I don't know, there were a couple things where I saw, I saw things that I would have expected had we been like, had we won all of our games up until now, but it's like kind of nice to be very excited about those things. Now (laughs) that sounds horrible, but like now that expectations are a little bit lower, it's fun to be excited about those things that we've never had. 
And I think I, that's, it's funny that you said that because I think, um, the second reason that I think Saturday was so much fun is because I think we are an intelligent fan base and we, because we have seen the lower of the lows, I think we appreciate, especially appreciate the five-star culture that we've built and that, that Brees coined. And it, when it comes to, um, these athletes who are loyal to state to Iowa state, we love them very hard and we're loyal right back. And George Niang is the obvious example. I think of, you know, like hard workers like Matt Thomas and, and those guys. And I was talking to a friend at the tailgate on Saturday and she made a comment about how there's so many George Niangs on this football team. And I was like, you know what? That is exactly what this is. You've got your, you know, your Charlie Kohlers and your Roy Wallings and just like the, the guys who embody what it means to be a cyclone and who are proud to wear the Cardinal and gold. And then you have this talent level that we've never seen, um, you know, from guys like Brock Purdy, Brees, Greg Eisworth, Will McDonald. I mean, I could sit here and name, name after name after name. Mike Rose. It was just a, yes, Mike Rose. It was a real, and um, it was just a really good reminder that this team is so special. And exactly like you said, maybe we didn't reach all of those goals that we had, but I don't know if Matt Campbell will ever have a more special team. I mean, maybe at some point we'll have a more talented team. I hope so. Like, I hope this isn't the pinnacle of the talent, but it's, it's hard for me to imagine a more special team solely because this changed the trajectory of the program. I mean, these are guys that we're going to look back on when our kids are adults and say, we were there for this team, you know? And I just, I think that's, I think you're exactly right. I think that's, um, that paired with us kind of getting expectations in check midway through the season makes it, Oh, this has been a lot of fun after yeah. getting through some bumpy things. I, and I think that the jump that we expected to make, which is, I think the point that I tried to make at the beginning of the season, like the expectations were maybe a little bit too high yeah. and yes, they were warranted because we had these great guys and, you know, because so many guys had come back and everything, but we, we made the jump from like celebrating um, a bowl game, a bowl game. Exactly. Being bowl eligible. Right. We right. went from celebrating being bowl eligible to expecting to be in the college football playoff and it's in like, no time at all. Right. Right. And, and we're not in either one of those areas. We're now in the area where we forgot to even mention that we're bowl eligible yes. because it's just expected. You know yes. what I mean? Like that's, that's where we're at. And I think yes. that's worth celebrating. I absolutely agree. I think this has been kind of a, um, come to Jesus season where maybe I think we, I think you're right. We made that jump from a to like point F and we kind of skipped <laughs> B, C, D and E. Yeah. Um, and I'm thankful for that. I, I mean, to be able to jump that far in such little time is incredible. And it's one of the reasons we all love Matt Campbell. Um, but I think maybe we're at the point where those smaller steps are the hardest steps and it's taking, you know, it's going to take some incremental things to get there. And, but in the meantime, you're absolutely right. Like we're both eligible and it was, that wasn't even, I mean, that was an afterthought. Yeah. Complete afterthought. And now it's a matter of, we could still get into the big 12 title game. Um, yes. Will it be disappointing if we don't? Yeah, it will be. But even if we don't, and we, we can go to a really nice bowl game and that for that to be a disappointment is worth celebrating. Right. Yeah. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. So it's, uh, we have one more home game to celebrate these guys. And that's really hard for me to imagine. Um, it's going to be a really different looking team next year, but 
I'm excited for it. And then I hope wherever we end up for a bowl game, we can have a, a serious following of Cardinal and gold. And I mean, cyclone fans travel, we know that. So mm-hmm. it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Definitely. All right. It's football season, but guess what? Tomorrow it's basketball season Tuesday, both our women's and men's teams tip off the regular season. It's really hard for me to grasp this, but I'm excited that it's here. The women play at uh, 11 a.m. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, there's a chance that that game's already over. And then the men play Tuesday night against Kennesaw State. Um, Did you pay attention, Elisa, to the women's exhibition game at all? I didn't know. Okay. So they played Wisconsin river falls and they kicked some serious arse. It was 99 to 41. I did see the score, score, but yeah. yeah. So there were a couple of good notes. Um, Ashley Jones. Well, this part isn't good, but I think the, what came of it is, is positive. Ashley Jones twisted her ankle right in the first couple of minutes of the game. She didn't play after that. Um, but I think, I mean, it's, it's Wisconsin river falls, so it's hard to take a lot out of that. And I understand, but I think the positive is that you still won 99 to 41. Um, and you got some good play out of the post players, which we talked about on the podcast last year and, um, you know, previewing the season is going to be the question, but Izzy had a double double. She had 11 points and 12 rebounds. Um, so that was really good to see. And, um, so after the game, coach Fenley said, you know, I don't think there's much concern about Ashley. I think it's fine. And then today in the press conference for the media availability, he said, she's questionable for the Tuesday, uh, regular season opener. So that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. I, I hope it's one of those things that just needs a little time to heal. And I hope it's not a nagging injury throughout the season, because I think they're a little dinged up. Um, Maggie Espinmiller McGraw is, I think a few weeks away from being ready to play. So Hopefully Ashley's is just a little twinge rather than something serious. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm excited for the men only because we have, it's, it's goes back to expectations. I think there are no expectations. So let's just enjoy these guys cheer. If you know, if they're diving for the ball on defense and playing their hearts out, I think that's what cyclone fans want to see. And I think that's what'll be celebrated this year. So it's just going to be whatever happens this year happens this year and let's enjoy the ride. I agree. I think that we're primed for a little bit of Hilton magic and maybe not like not, maybe not like win every game at Hilton Hilton magic, but like win some big ones at Hilton. Yeah. Surprise a few people, knock a few people off. off. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think it's funny because I think the women's program right now has the type of Hilton magic where it's, you win every game at Hilton Hilton magic and men are back to the Let's um, surprise some people, but mm-hmm. I'll take Hilton Magic in whatever form it wants to present itself. Heck yeah. Do you want to talk about George while we're talking about basketball? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I have like, I was just kind of thinking I've seen Niang. Oh my gosh. Well, it came out also today that like four major players on the Sixers um, have are in COVID, COVID protocol. So he may be getting even more playing time in the head, um, before, but he's just been getting a ton of playing time, which is very cool with some guys out. I mean, he, in the last four games, 25 minutes, 32 minutes, 32 minutes, 31 minutes. So he's, 
Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And in that game on the first against Portland, he had 21 points in 31 minutes. And I think that that was kind of the turning point where they were like, okay, we can rely on him a little bit. And then 18 points, 14 points, 12 points. He's got some assists in there, rebounds. He had a big rebound game on the fourth against Detroit, seven rebounds. So I think that like, he's going to be a pretty key player, especially in the next couple of weeks when, um, some of the big name guys are out. Um, I am beat is out. I think Harris is out. Sadly, Matisse is out. Um, and I think I saw another guy was out too. So Did you see that he was, the crowd was chanting MVP for George. I love it. I love it. He's and I just... saw Joel, Joel Embiid said something to the effect of, I thought he would, I thought, I honestly thought he sucked and it was referring to one that I played in college. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so great. Oh I, mean, I think he said it. I think he was serious, but he was, you know, kidding around. And he eventually said that George is such a, he's so glad to be a teammate of George's. And I just, it was so cute though. Joel has this way of like saying things that it's like, that's mean, but then it's like, but I think that you're like, so close to that person that you're like, just joking. He just, he just has this like a little bit, kind of a little bit like me. Yes. I am comparing myself to Joel Embiid. Um, <laughs> where, where like you just say something, but after you say it, you're like, that's kind of messed up, but, but that's I how love I feel. you anyway. <laughs> right. Right. So he does say some funny things though. Um, Monte has been getting a ton of minutes the whole season. Um, just playing really regularly. Um, getting a smattering of points, some double digit nights, some single digits nights, a lot, a lot of assists out of him, which is awesome. Um, Tyrese, uh, also kind of playing about the same amount of minutes that Monte is playing. Um, but a lot more points, double digits nights, almost every night. Um, lots of assists, more assists even, um, than Monte. So, Tyrese is playing really well. And then Nader is Nader's playing like 11, the last couple of nights he's played like 11 minutes. I I just feel like this is where Nader's just going to stay around the like two to four points a game. Um, just a couple like utility minutes here and there. Um, who else do we have? I'm but you know what? One. If I could make millions oh. of dollars, um, oh right, earning two to four or score sorry scoring <laughs> two to four points a game, I'm pretty sure I'd be happy with that career. Right, for sure. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker is the other one. Uh, he was like literally just cleared for contact. I think that's right. Tomorrow, okay, is he's going to be cleared? Then I don't know when he's actually going to return, but he's been out. I think the whole season so far. So. Yeah. Hopefully he. So there's your uh, cyclones in the NBA update by yep. Lisa Woods. Yeah, and Shayok's playing in Euroleague. You know who yeah. else is? Yeah, Shayok's playing in Euroleague. Who else? Chris Babb. Oh. <laughs> I don't actually know where he's playing. I just know he's overseas because Love I follow Chris him Babb. on some social media. Of course you do. Of course you do. As do I. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we take a quick break and then come back with some, uh, just 
unbelievable analysis of the college football playoff committee. Absolutely. Let's okay. do it. All right. Let's do it. We are brought to you by authentic brand. Authentic brand is more than just your source for official cyclone gear with an amazing team of designers. Authentic brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. All right. We are back. And, you know, Lisa and I have talked a ton this year in particular about how frustrated we've been with the national sports media feeding in its feeding into its own self-serving narratives. Um, we've talked about it with conference realignment and the value of I'm air quoting here brands. And we talked about it with women's sports and the lazy narrative of women's sports, not making money, despite the fact that oftentimes women's sports aren't put in the position to make money. And guess what, Elisa? It's here again. It's here again. (laughs) The narrative game is here again, this time with the college football playoff committee. So last week was the first time they announced their rankings. And among some of the other atrocities, they left Cincinnati out of the top four, put them at number six and Oh, Alabama at number two. And I'll just remind everybody that Cincinnati has wins over Notre Dame and Indiana on the road, which is precisely what had been asked of the group of five teams that had been left out of the playoff in the past in Alabama is one loss Alabama this year with a pretty meh schedule in the sec. So it just kind of boiled over for me because every year since 2014, when the playoff committee was established. It just seems to me like they tend to move the goalposts to fit whatever their chosen narrative is for the year and give extra benefits to those brand name schools. And I'm just kind of over it. And I was thinking about it and, you know, I don't think it's ever going to be perfect because you only have a certain number of slots and we're, you know, I don't, someone is always going to be mad. That's just always going to be the case, but I think we can do better. Um, and so I, here's what I did. I reached out to Elisa and I told her to put together a list of what the perfect playoff committee would look like to her, because here's the deal. The committee is 13 people. Can I tell you the makeup of the current committee? Oh, I already know who's in charge. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all know who's in charge over there. Our friend Gary Barra from the, that school out East is, you know, he's the face of the college football playoff committee. (laughs) That needs anything. But all right, here's the deal. I'm going to break it down for you. You ready? Yeah. Okay. There's five people of color on the 13 person committee and only one woman. The rest are older white men. There are seven current athletic directors on the 13 person committee. There are eight former football players. Two members are uh, of the college football hall of fame. And there are two former head coaches. The outlier, if you can even call it an outlier is the female is a a former sports reporter and columnist. So the point is it is very college football centric. And it, to me, it's just like the perfect opportunity for some serious group think. And I just, I said this, I remember saying this to you last year, I might've even said it on the podcast, but I really think it's time for them to start thinking outside of the box and getting rid of the yes men and get someone to challenge the narratives. And I think what you need is an analytical thinker who just happens to be a college football fan. And I, this is, we talked about this. I know we did, but Condoleezza Rice to me 
is like the perfect example of what I'm talking about. It's a very intelligent human being who thinks critically, who thinks analytically, who understands data, who understands how to do comparisons and objective comparisons, and also happens to be a college football fan. And is she allowed to come back? Cause she already served a, three years. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the rules on that, but that's I just know. like, and it's funny because, you know, her getting chosen was the most controversial decision ever at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think looking back that those are the kind of people we actually need on the committee. Yeah. Do you want to give me some of your, um, do you have actual people or do you have ideas? Um, actually, I mean, I thought friend of the pod, Holly Rowe, Yes. Would be a great person for that. Yeah. Just kind of like the way that she talked to us about how she needed to see the players and stuff like that. But that also tells me um, that a lot of the things that this, the, the playoff committee is saying that you have to do, well, you have to do this. You have to beat this team. You have to beat that team. Like it, they also are required to take into account like who's injured and who might come back and this and that. And then it's like, okay, well, you're taking those things into account, but is that the makeup of that team or are you just, you know, analyzing the best possible team? So I don't know. I think that there's a lot of like weird possibilities with the um, college football playoff committee, but also like, they're putting together a show and (laughs) it's like they're basically picking the Super Bowl halftime is kind of how I like think of it because it's like it 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 makes no sense like why like Eminem with (laughs) like (laughs) what what like and it's like well we're just trying to appeal to as many audiences as we can, which I think, I don't think that they would admit, but I think is a lot of what's going on in that room is how do we, how to appeal to as many audiences and as many like sponsorship dollars as we can. So that's another thing is that I think there needs to be transparency about like where the sponsorship money is coming from versus like how much do the selection committee know about that and things like that so i just want to know if there are outside sources um helping them make their minds up um you also raise a good point that i um i thought about this week and it was that you know this is a i mean how many weeks are left in the regular season and so they're doing this every week through the end of the regular season. And right. it makes me wonder how much of this is actually how they feel now versus how much of this is just some silly game we're playing. So that again, it, if the cards fall as they expect them to, then they, it fits their narrative. And I'm yes. just, I don't, I don't like it. And I, um, if we're going to do this the right way, and if this is going to be serious and, and people are going to continue to take this seriously, you know, you need people who, again, kind of, um, are willing to go against that narrative. And, um, I just think there probably needs to be some outsiders and, and some of the names that I actual names that I thought of, um, um, someone that contributes to the fanatics radio show with Chris and Ross is Dave Bartu, who runs the college football matrix. And he is one of those guys who, yeah, obviously, um, like Holly Rowe is very much part of what he does for a living is college football analytics. So is he still part of the the group think 
I would argue no, because he has actual data to support his conclusions. He does not rely on this bullshit. I'm sorry for saying it, but bullshit. eye test that we hear year after year. He has actual numbers to support what he's saying. And I was thinking like, what if you even get some of the nerds who do some of the political polling and the pol- political predictions and not to bring politics into it, but just some <laughs> that of guy the on 13. Yes, on NBC. Yes. The guy in the khakis. What yeah. was his name? Remember him? No um, <laughs> but just someone like that who understands how to run um, tables and things yeah. like that. And who can, and can do some more blind testing, you know, who can say if this, then this, or right. if this, then that, and just who is more objective and less um, tied to these specific brands. And then I even thought of, um, Paul DePasta or, uh, shoot, how do you say it? De Podesta, I think is how you say it. Who is the, um, the real life guy who did the sabermetrics, which is eventually what resulted in Moneyball. Um, just who does that, you know, the, the crazy nerdy stuff that, um, that the Oakland A's adopted and then eventually yeah. the Red Sox adopted just these guys who see the world of sports in a completely non-emotional and a completely objective way. I mean, nothing, nothing supports this more than when we were favored to be Oklahoma state. Yes. And, and it's like, well, why were they ranked so much higher? And we weren't ranked at all. Like, because of this, like, because Vegas knows more than the people setting, like, right. The college football and, playoff. And I get and it. All like, that. And so at what point do we start? Does the Vegas, the lines actually, um, start showing the value of these teams? It's very weird. I mean, yeah. you're, that's, a, that's a perfect example of it. And I just, I'm not saying you need to pull away all the athletic directors or pull away all of the, the former coaches, because I think they have value. They understand the inner workings and they understand the the human aspect of it. But I think you probably no. I think you definitely need a balance between the human aspect of it and the actual objective aspect of it, because right now it is so skewed to what they want it to be. And I'm just, I, I, it's, we can't take it anymore. So this brings me down this, this, um, rabbit hole of this thing that I think about sometimes with all of these, like the betting and the odds and, um, all that stuff. Like how long until a team starts with a handicap? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. Iowa state's favored by seven. So like, <laughs> so the other team starts with seven points. You know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. I hope it never happens. And I hope if it happens, it's limited to some like crazy offshoot league that, you know, it's like the, the XFL or something. Right. But isn't that wacky? I know it makes th- you just wonder think about that. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. And I just, there's gotta be a happy marriage for all of this because the gambling side of it is more prevalent than ever. And I think it's only going to continue to grow. And I don't know at some point we might reach a full saturation period and, or an oversaturated period of sports betting, but I don't think we're there yet. Yeah. And if the more interested people become in that side of it, I think the more frustrated will become with this, this eye test without balancing a little bit. So yeah. Yeah. Those, do you have any action besides Holly? Did you have any, other specific names. Oh, I got, I got 13 if you want them. Okay. Let's do it. You want my 13? All right. So first I would take someone who makes absolutely no sense and has no grasp on reality. Ashton Kutcher. 
<laughs> that's the first person that I would pick. Wait, um, wait, why does that sound familiar? What, what didn't he, uh, I mean, just, he-, he seems like the obvious choice, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I would that's- take, then second of all, I would say Aaron Rodgers because uh, he, he does always, his own research. He does his own research. I find him to be reliable and level-headed. He's a very um, critical thinker. Trustworthy. Um, doesn't never deceptive. Do, yep. Um, similarly, Amanda Bynes. I would see if she's oh, available. Lord. Um, Mike Tyson, probably. Um, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, but they'll they'll just They're count. One. As, yeah, they just count as one for obvious reasons. And then similarly, Jesse Palmer and I would just count as one as well. Oh for, yeah. Yeah. Yep. For similar reasons. Uh-huh. Sorry, uh-huh. Arnold. Um, <laughs> he's he not here. It's fine. He doesn't listen. Um, I would also take one of those kids that the monkey in Texas bit on Halloween. It's, it's just, just one of the kids. Well, it's funny that you say that because I had pole assassin on my list. So. Oh, excellent. Yeah. 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 I so don't maybe know. they can be joined as one, just like you and, uh, Jesse. Palmer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She got to leave that monkey at home. Um, <laughs> I was going to say the guy who gave that Tom Brady ball back, but he's like the worst. He's worse than any of these decision makers. So he's, he's not on this list. You don't um, wait. Can we pause? Yeah. You mean you don't think he should have given it back? Bro, that ball's worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he got a $1,000 um, gift card to the gift shop. I mean, he got a little more than that, but your point is valid, but I, I, I would have given the damn ball back for free, Lisa. Never in my life would I give that. <laughs> and that, that is back. the inherent difference in the two of us right there. <laughs> Girl, you got some more money than I do. <laughs> Are got, we sure about that? I don't know. You must have some fu money around there somewhere, cause I'm keeping that ball. This is just based on my principles and morals alone. Mm. Mm-hmm. My principles say, get that dollar, bag. dollar bill, y'all, money bags. <laughs> get that bag is what my principle says. I'm sorry, so the next person that I would pick, so I used to watch this soap opera that was called Passions back in high school. Did you ever I watch remember that? Passions. Yeah. Okay. So there was this lady that was like a crazy witch lady and she had a doll that was like a real kid when they were alone. I would take that doll on I the college remember opera. Yeah. That is an excellent choice. Yeah. So I would take that doll, um, Ted Cruz. If he's available. Um, if he's not on vacation in Mexico. I know. This one was for Jared and he's not here, but I would take Ja Rule. Also, like, he's, yeah, he's also really good at like planning things. That's what he's best known he's for. Things. Yep. Um, Coco Melon. If Coco Melon is available. The I have person- to buy my kid a Coco Melon doll. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Um, <sighs> the person who wrote the ending to Game of Thrones, I heard that was. <laughs> I've never watched it, but I heard good things about it. Superb things about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then the last person I would have on there is a mom to do all the work and get none of the credit. And I can tell you right, I can list right now the three Karens that I'm going to hear from about that comment. And if you're raging right now about that joke, 
just block me on Twitter, please. And you know, the three people that I'm talking about that we're going to hear from about that comment. Good Lord. Yes. Yes. Men also provide things for the world. Like, God, they're so fragile sometimes. Oh, snowflakes. Some of them are extremely fragile. I, uh, is that your list? That's my list. Um, a couple that didn't make the list. Oh, I have some honorable mentions too. So you oh, go for okay. The Dallas Cowboys cheerleader director and choreographer that were on making the team on CMT. Man, you are just bringing up so many memes for me. I know. And then like the entire cast of, it's not the masked singer, but it's like this show. Oh, that virtual reality one. Yeah. What is that? I'm not sure, but all of those judges. I think that's excellent. They're honorable mentions. They can be waiting in the wing in case Aaron Rodgers gets COVID again. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Or some sort of negative reactions too. Yeah. uh, That sounds great. Um, My, my, uh, honorable mention is when Mike Leach retires, <laughs> just because oh, I, I thought of another one. Don't let me provide some good entertainment. Go ahead. Um, Todd Blythe. Oh yes. That's a, that's a really good one. He, he <laughs> might, he might be, I don't think, I don't think he's honorable mention though. I think he's currently on the committee. He's, on the committee. he's so mad at us. And here's the thing. I hope he doesn't listen to this because like I thought he was the coolest in college and I thought he was like the coolest football player because he was there when I was there. And now I just like to make fun of him and get a rise out of him. And it's like living all of my like nerdy college dreams, just like being BFS with him. And I just, I have to be mean to him. He really loves it so much. He does. So back to our regularly scheduled hating on him. Yeah. Every, every uh, episode, Todd, you've started a thing. Brett Brett doesn't listen. So no. And not only doesn't he, does he not listen, but he's just the innocent bystander. So I'm not going to drag him into this dude. He also, and I've said this on Twitter, he'll tweet something and then he'll just throw his phone in the lake. (laughs) You like, (laughs) won't hear from him for yeah for for so long you won't hear from him just like (laughs) fires off the tweet and then just like i have no idea what happens no it's and i kind of admire it frankly yeah just to be able to just you know drop the mic and walk away changes his phone number (laughs) i don't even know but anyway all right well if anyone wants those names again um elise has got them and sure uh, we're happy to share that information with the college football playoff committee. So just absolutely. Let us yeah. All right. Should we go on to our regularly scheduled shout outs that we tend to end? Do we have more? Do we yeah. have more? Like, what do you mean? Oh, just I just mean, the shout out, the happy shout outs, not more of this podcast. Oh my gosh. I'm drunk. We're almost done. I promise. She's drunk <laughs> off a hot chocolate. It's gone. Um, we have to give a shout out to our girl, Bridget Carlton. <gasps> yes. So she wrote this open letter last week about her life as a Canadian uh, professional basketball player and just the hardships of living out of a suitcase, essentially since she was in high school. 
Um, so, okay. She went through, we've talked about this before about how tough it is to be a female professional basketball player, but she said from April to October, obviously WNBA season, she gets seven to 10 days at home in Canada. And then she goes overseas immediately for her commitments in those leagues from April, sorry, from October to April again. And then it's back to the WNBA. So since 2015, when she was graduated high school, She's only played in six games in Canada. Obviously she was at Iowa state for, for those years. Um, and then since then she's been playing professionally, but the point of the letter was, um, to kind of, I guess, start stirring up some interest to see if maybe they could get a professional women's basketball league in Canada. And she said, she's, she's used the word manifest, which is like my favorite word ever, but she was asking the country to, to invest in women's basketball and just what it might mean to the young players of the country. And the coolest part was she did this. And then right afterwards, um, Drake, the rapper Drake said he wanted a WNBA team in Toronto. Yes. And I was like, girl, that is exactly what manifesting yes. is all about. I love it. So I, I thought that was really cool. Um, and then my last shout out, and Elisa, I know you have something similar. Sunday was the New York city marathon. And I want to give a shout out to the win- winner of the marathon, who is Kenyan. I'm going to mess up her name. It, I think it's Paris. Jep- Jep- cheer, cheer. <laughs> I don't even know. It's J E P C H I R C H I R. Jep- cheer, cheer. Yeah. Jep- cheer, cheer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think but that sounds right. The first woman to win the New York City Marathon and a gold medal in the Olympics in the marathon in the same year. She finished the marathon in two hours, 22 minutes, and 39 seconds. Nice. Well, my thing about the New York marathon was the, that American who she got third place in the Olympics and it was her first ever marathon. Yes. She ran the fastest ever New York time marathon time, (laughs) New York city marathon time, um, by an American and she got fourth place in this past New York city marathon. I don't know why that's a mouthful for me. It is not. Um, but she also did it with two broken ribs. I just like cannot comprehend this. So I, I cannot imagine doing anything with two broken ribs, let alone run a marathon. I ran a half on Saturday and it was like a little chilly when I started and I'm like, Oh, I'm cold. And here she is running with two broken ribs. Can you imagine? Steph, you know, I cannot imagine. <laughs> It was more of a rhetorical question. <laughs> you know, of all people, I cannot imagine. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Do you have any more shout outs or can I end with my surprise to you? Can I just shout out you? Cause you're the cutest. Yeah. You're the cutest. You're the- okay. You are. You are. Okay. I have to write. I have to read something I wrote to you. It's for me. Is well, it no, a- it's not. It's a love letter, but it's you wrote not me a love you. letter. No, no, I didn't write you a love letter. I wrote a love letter that I want to read to you. That's not about you. Oh, is that okay? I feel misled. (laughs) Go, go ahead. Okay. So the world series ended last week. The Braves won the world series. So baseball is over until spring training. So I wrote a love letter to baseball. I'm serious about this. Okay. Remember the time that we both, (laughs) 
And we both wrote, um, we both wrote, um, the night, night before, before Christmas, Christmas <laughs> to I surprise do. each other with. Well, I also wrote a love letter to the world. No, I didn't. Go ahead. I don't believe you this time. Okay. I was feeling every year when the world series is over, I get really nostalgic about baseball. So here's my love letter to baseball. And will you stop laughing because I'm serious about this? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. In the movie Moneyball, Brad Pitt, playing Oakland A's general manager Billy Bean, looks at Jonah Hill, who's playing assistant manager Peter Brand, and says, how can you not be romantic about baseball? It's a beautiful line. It's maybe my all-time favorite line of any movie, because it simply but perfectly encapsulates how I feel about the sport. I fell in love with baseball as a little girl. It didn't hurt that at least 90% of my dad's wardrobe was made up of uh, New York Yankees t-shirts, but my love affair was about more than that. Unlike the brute run and speed required in football and basketball, I saw gracefulness in baseball. I remember marveling at the slow motion replays of the ball coming off the bat and the fluid motion of the batter's swing from his arms to his hips to his feet. I remember seeing six, four, three double plays that took my breath away from the shortstop's timing as he reached down to barehand a ball barreling his way and his balance as he threw away from his body off of one foot to the second baseman's footwork as he caught the ball, touched the base and threw towards first all in a single movement to the first baseman's flexibility as he caught the ball with an outstretched leg. It was all perfectly choreographed, all perfectly in sync. As I got older, I continued to fall in love with the gracefulness of the game, but the cries to speed up its pace got louder. These cries were always lost on me because in my eyes, the game was wonderful just as it was, but I never pushed against the narrative. I was too busy and who cared what I had to say anyway. But now as an adult, I realized that you take the time to defend something when you love it, even if you're just screaming into the void void and damn it. I love baseball. So I'm going to scream. Baseball doesn't need to move faster. It's not slow to begin with. It's deliberate and there's a difference. As a society, we're obsessed with being on the go, moving at light speed and producing at all hours of the day and night. But in baseball, there's no clock to beat. There's no rush. In baseball, unlike in our daily grind, there are regular intentional moments of quiet and still. And there's beauty in that unhurriedness. If you're timing the seconds between pitches or the amount of times a batter tightens his batting gloves, you're missing that beauty. So stop worrying about how long it takes to how long the game takes and start enjoying it instead. Embrace the quiet, embrace its stillness and start focusing on the gracefulness of the game that I fell in love with as a little girl. If you do that, I think you'll fall back in love with it too. Baseball doesn't need to change. You do. And that concludes my love letter to the sport. I love. You're so sweet. <laughs> Where's yours? Um, it just doesn't compare to yours. Roses are red, violets are blue. Something Watch like that. some baseball, and I will too. <laughs> Look at it! You <laughs> did it! That was so good! That was so good. You did that on the fly. <laughs> I'm pretty much a rapper. Just <laughs> freestyle uh, over here. Uh, all right, do you have anything else? I don't. Will you be writing that and posting it so everyone can read it? Um, I'll post it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Find somewhere to post it. That would be nice. In, in, the, in the cloud. Yes. In the, in the Twitter cloud. I will. I will. I'll do that tonight. Okay. Good. okay. All right. So I uh, will be back in a couple of weeks with a couple of more wins from our beloved cyclones and hopefully our men's and women's basketball teams will start out on the right foot as well. Yeah. Let's do this thing. All right, go Cyclones. Go State.